Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode 12 of the Zero G Adventures podcast. As always, I am Tim. I'm Chris. And I'm Brian. And we welcome you back. If it's your first time here, welcome. If you're a longtime listener, welcome home. So it is Disney month. And today we are going to take a virtual trip to the Magic Kingdom and celebrate its 50th anniversary this year. A little early. It doesn't really start to October, but it's a Disney celebration, so it's going to last for like 25 months. Yeah. So we're just going to start now, mm-hmm. and in 2023, we'll still be celebrating. Yeah. So, But before we get to the Magic Kingdom, we're going to hop on the resort monorail and stop at the Poly and uh, go in and have a back scratcher, which is our drink of the week. So you want to tell us about the back scratcher? Yep. So the back scratcher can be found at the Tambu Lounge at the Polynesian Village Resort. It has dark rum, light rum, passion fruit juice, and top it off with just a hint of Jack Daniels in a hurricane glass. What do you guys think? Yum. I like it. I like it a lot. I'll second that. It's another one of those classic tiki drinks Mm -hmm. that comes from the 50s and 60s. And I'm a fan of that kind of kitschy culture. It's It's a great drink, though. The thing I really like about it, compared to our drinks last week this drink is not super sweet it has it's sweet but it's not like super sweet Mm -hmm. um it's a balance you could taste the alcohol but you still it it all blends together very nicely yeah i i I really like passion fruit juice fruit juice yeah it's very good and you know the big thing you know our drink of the week is outside of the magic kingdom because the magic kingdom while they do now have wine and beer they do not have hard liquor. No. There's no cocktails. There's nothing like that. So if you want a cocktail, you can leave the Magic Kingdom, take a monorail ride to either the Polynesian, the Grand Floridian, or the Contemporary. Um, Polynesian is definitely my top choice out of three for a drink just because of the theme. True. And let the mouse be your designated driver. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. So the full recipe is live on our website. You can check that out as well as we always do a drink of the week. So that is live on our YouTube channel with a link on our website, as well as um, we always share it on our Facebook page. And that's the video of us making it, which is always, always a treat. <laughs> Cause you never know what's going to happen. No. Half the time we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Let's just say I hula danced in. But anyway, that was before he drank anything. (laughs) Right. So anyway, let's talk about a couple highlights of park news this week. So the big news, of course, is that California parks, including Disneyland, can open starting April 1st to 15% capacity, which is very exciting um, for those parks, specifically Disneyland, um, because even though the park said they're not planning on opening fully until the end of April, they're still do their festivals and yeah and stuff testing grounds yeah 
And then the other big news was at Epcot, which is our park of the week next week. Um, but they debuted some awesome new park entrance music and lighting. And let me tell you, anytime I see a headline of new park music in Epcot, part of me dies. Because I'm terrified of what it's going to be like. And I will tell you, I have already downloaded all of the new entrance music to Epcot. And it fits perfectly. It is great. Um, it is the first time they don't have any of the attraction music in the entrance loop. Ever since 1982, there's always been themes from the attractions in it. It's not there, but the music they picked fits the area perfect. And the lighting, Walt was a huge fan of plussing. He took stuff and tried to make it better, and that is exactly what they did in the lighting of the entrance to Epcot. Um, it's color-changing LEDs, both in the fountain and in the buildings around the entrance. And the Imagineer that designed it said that is going to continue into the Celebration Plaza on the other side of Spaceship Earth as well. Cool. Cool. So for more updates, we have tons of them this week because it was a huge news week. You can check out our YouTube exclusive series, the Zero-G Park News Update. That is live with episode six. Uh, we talk about Disney and we talk about Halloween Horror Nights and we talk about Connie L.A. Park this week. So definitely check it out. But we're here in the Sunshine State and we're about to enter through the gates of Magic Kingdom. Yep. No waits for us on this virtual trip. Brief history. Magic Kingdom opened in 1971. It was the only theme park that opened with Walt Disney World. It was based on the original Disneyland Park, um, but a larger layout and some changes to some of the themed lands. It is the most attended theme or amusement park in the world. Literally, it is always mm -hmm. busy, even in the slow season. It is busy. Yes, sir. And it features six themed lands. Main Street USA, a.k.a. everyone rushes through it to get to everything else, unfortunately. Um, Adventureland, Frontierland, Liberty Square, Fantasyland, and Tomorrowland. If you want to look at the numbers, there are 31 rides and attractions, including four roller coasters. The park usually has about nine live shows. There are also nine sit-down restaurants and 22 quick service locations. We're going to take you through all six lands, talk about what each magical part has to offer, and share our tips and thoughts. Now, I will tell you, our trip is pre- or post-COVID, so not everything we talk about is currently available. Right. So one thing that I, one of the points that I want to make about Magic Kingdom and what a lot of people don't even realize is the Magic Kingdom is set to be a show. So when you walk through the gates in the Magic Kingdom and you go underneath the, the railroad station, which is the first attraction that you see, you see posters of the attractions. And it's meant to be like a movie theater lobby. So when you walk in and you get into Main Street, that's when the show begins. And that's a lot of reason why... They call them cast members versus employees or workers or, you know, whatever. Well, that's so. one. And it even starts before then. It start, that's why Walt wanted you to have to take a journey to the Magic Kingdom. That's why the parking lot is miles away and you have to get on a monorail or a ferry boat to take you to the park. He wanted it to be a journey. And you, the reason why Cinderella's Castle is as tall as it is is so that you could just see it a little bit 
before you get on that monorail or ferry boat. It isn't revealed in its full glory Mm -hmm. until you enter Town Square and Main Street USA and you turn the corner and there it is. Yeah. And it's like, it was purposely built like, was it like 189 feet or? I think it's 187 or 189. Yeah, it's like 10 feet shorter than what is needed for uh, an airplane beacon. Yeah. So it was done perfectly. So. Main Street USA. So attractions in the Main Street USA. So that this is the first land that you see when you walk through. Um, and it's probably the most recognizable part of Disney. Um, so the attractions, the first one that you come across is the Walt Disney World Railroad. And it is a round trip railroad with stops in Frontier Town and Fantasyland before. Frontierland, that was my mistake. Too many of these parks have Western themes. Did I say Frontier Town or well, Frontierland? It's Frontierland, but, you know, it's a Western town. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we think? Are we going to ride it? Yes. Always. Every time. Yes, absolutely. I am a, I'm kind of a train fanatic when it comes to parks. There isn't a theme park train that I will not ride and probably live stream to Facebook. And when it comes to Disney history, Walt was a train guy, too. In fact, he actually out and out owned the train line at Disneyland and actually rented it back to the park. Trains are quintessential to a Disney experience. Mm-hmm. Now I will tell you this, do not ride it first thing in the morning. No, you need to position yourself with the rope of the nearest land you want to get to. <laughs> and you're going to get to do your stretches. You're going to get to splash mountain faster by foot than you would on that train. Mm-hmm. So, and also, I mean, just, just for waiting, too. I mean, if you go, like, 12, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, you can walk right on the train. Except in Fantasyland. Wow. The longest wait for the train is always in Fantasyland. Which, yeah. And the other plus for it is that outside of at the beginning of the day, if you need to get somewhere else in the park and you don't feel like walking, take the train. It's a ride and technically transportation. Yep. It's a great way. And now, a little note. It does shut down for parades because the parade route crosses it when they're set up the parade. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people think, oh, this would be a great way to get from Frontier Town to Fantasyland because the parade's going on. Well, yeah, you're going to (laughs) be waiting because the train isn't going to come until the parade's done. So with that, that is the only attraction that's currently in Main Street. Now, technically, a lot of people would say, oh, no, they have that trolley that takes you. Well, let me tell you. That trolley only operates when the park is like extremely dead. Yeah. And even then it's only going to operate either first thing in the morning or very late morning only. Um, So we do not count that as an attraction. But there's plenty of entertainment on Main Street. Of course, there's the Happily Ever After nighttime spectacular firework and projection show. Um, What do you guys like? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yes. I think we're all. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things. Fireworks and projections on the castle are just a core part of a Disney trip. You do it at least once. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you have two days at the park, do it your first day, and then the second day, do something else while everyone else is trying to cram in the That's the the perfect time to go on rides. Yeah, especially Big Thunder Mountain Railroad with the fireworks going on. Mm -hmm. Happens almost every trip I go But it is cool. I mean, the projection mapping on the castle, and they make the castle change, and it turns into different things throughout the show. I mean, it's it's really cool. Yep. 
They also um, have the Festival of Fantasy Parade. Now, yes, this daytime parade does go through Frontierland, Liberty Square, and Main Street. I personally like to watch it from Frontierland because Main Street is always jam-packed. That's where everyone wants to watch the parade from. So if I watch it, it's in Frontierland normally. Meanwhile, I would say skip it unless you have small children that love the characters or you're a weirdly obsessed Disney adult that loves the characters. But other than that, there are other things you could be doing with your time in the park than a daytime parade. No. I absolutely hate parades. Daytime, nighttime, twilight, dawn. I hate parades. I will not watch them. They are in my way of getting to the next place. There's other things other than just the rides, Mr. Rideman. Tell them how you really feel. <laughs> I don't like parades. Here's I hate my thing. parades. I am always been a huge fan of their nighttime parades, and I usually always would skip the daytime parades. However, Festival of Fantasy does have some impressive floats, including the dragon that breathes fire. And caught fire. Yeah, and it did catch on fire, so it is real fire, boys and girls. So maybe it's worth it to watch the parade on the off chance it's going to spontaneously combust. Catch fire, catch fire, catch fire. No, I usually, usually, like, if we have multiple days at the Magic Kingdom, we always watch the parade, we stop and we get a Dole Whip, and then we watch the parade. Like, that's just kind of what we do. Mm -hmm. But again, if parades aren't your thing or you don't really care about seeing the characters... It's something you can probably catch out of the corner of your eye when you're trying to get past the parade crowds to something else. Um, so next we have Mickey's Royal Friendship Fair. Or whatever the castle stage show is called that yeah. day, because the, the name changes so often. True. Again, unless you have character-obsessed children, I, that's a hard pass for me. It's also a hard pass for me. I hate the castle shows. I concur. Yeah, that Moving one is done. <laughs> Moving on. The Dapper Dance. The barber Barbershop Quartet. I will say this. They're talented. Will I go out of my way to schedule my day around their performances? No. I think like you said, Tim, if you're passing through and... and I didn't say that yet. Know? No. Okay. He didn't go. I didn't even talk yet. <laughs> Okay. You, you just, said, you Tim. Just, you just know Tim well enough that he would catch yeah, it as he's passing by. Yeah, I read your mind. What can I say? <laughs> you read my mind. <gasps> Tell us, Timothy, what would you say? Eh. It, yeah. it, if you're passing through, mm -hmm. like, it, it's cool to stop, watch for 30 seconds, 45 seconds, or whatever, and be like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah I mean, they're not bad. They're, they're great at what they do. Here's but. my thing it's live. So many of Disney's shows are pre-recorded or have that classic sound to it that's the big choirs that are pre-recorded and everything. The Dapper Dans are 100% live barbershop quartet. It's impressive to watch. It's not something you're going to find in other parks. I always try to make a point to at least stay for a couple, one or two songs, just to hear what they do. Because they bring out those bells and chimes and they do things. It is entertaining to watch. They also have the citizens of Main Street, which are the characters that walk around with guests. Um, this is a hard skip for me. I don't know if I've actually been there or been conscious enough to actually see Because you're one of those people them. that just tries to get down Main Street as soon as you can. No, I actually enjoy the theming of Main Street, but the I don't... The park entrance is at the castle. <laughs> yeah, not... no, no joke. No, I enjoy Main 
Main Street, but like half the time, I I don't remember on most of my trips seeing any of these, you know, characters walking around. I remember. I I you see them. I think the the ones and we're probably going to talk about the ones at Hollywood Studios. Those are the best. I think are a lot better. Oh yes, I will stop what I'm doing to watch yeah. them. The streetmosphere. Yes, those, those are those are a lot better than the ones at Main Street. Yes. So I mean, for me too, it's it's a it's a pass. Um, the Main Street Philhar Magic, so parade style band. Again, I don't. It's it is like your know. classic yeah, no. thing. I mean, again, I would choose Dapper Dan's over the Main Street Philharmonic, um, but it is cool to catch them if they are passing by. But it's. I would do it, but if I had to choose between Dapper Dance and this, I would pick Dapper Dance. Because, again, it is live entertainment. I heard it out of the corner of my ear as I was rushing to Pirates exactly, of the Caribbean. Exactly. Like, I give <laughs> Disney credit for giving us all these live musical options that I have no interest in. But I still give them credit for being there. True. But, again. It adds to the atmosphere of yes. that area and that land. and It is the also something for people to do that, you know aren't just about the rides. True. No, you're you're 100% right. I mean, there are people that'll go and, you know. And it's one of those hidden things that a lot of people don't even realize are there. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of didn't realize that was there. So on the outside of Casey's Corner, there is a piano. and Which is news to me. A word. And several, <laughs> several times a day. Were we even at the Magic Kingdom? <laughs> <laughs> Several times a day, a piano player will sit down and play some ragtime tunes and things like that of the period piece. And if you're sitting in the outside seating area of Casey's, you have some background music. I marked it as a skip, unless you're eating there. Concur. It makes, it makes sense. Like I can't really judge it because I didn't even know it existed. But So outside of entertainment... Main Street is also the place to find Mickey Mouse. Mm -hmm. Um, It is one of the permanent character meet and greets at the Town Square Theater. You can meet Mickey, Minnie, and Tinkerbell. I would... I think you should do it at least once in your life. I think no matter what your age is, it's awesome to meet Mickey. It used to be cooler um, because he used to actually talk to you. Yes. And to me... That was worth it, no matter what your age was. When he called you by name, when he, like, it was like having a live conversation. I am so sad that they discontinued it. I mean, I stood in line 40 minutes for it, and it was worth it. But now, if it's just him, eh, unless you have children, skip it. But at one point in your life, you should at least yeah. do it. it yeah, if, you, if this is your first time, it, it's definitely worth it. I mean, it all started with the mouse, so... Why not? Why not? Um, I, I think it's really cool. After after your first time, it's kind of, you know. Yeah. It is what it is. You got what anything to add? I, I pretty much agree. It's one of those things, if the line is short and you can get through it a decent amount of time, go for it. I, I don't understand some of these Disney fans that will wait hours to meet. A yeah, the lines get long, but character. let me tell you. I'm tip. sorry. I'm not waiting three hours to meet Rafiki. Yes. Tip, 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 tip. During the parade. Ooh, good During point. the parade, it's like a five-minute wait. That's so if you want to meet tip. Mickey, during the parade. Hmm. 
So you got to eat. Yep, you got to eat. Main Street has three sit-down restaurants. Tony's Town Square Restaurant serves Italian. The Crystal Palace is your American cuisine character buffet, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then there's the Plaza Restaurant, which is the one most people don't even realize is there. The Plaza Restaurant, out of the three, is a personal favorite because most people don't know it's there. It actually is one of the restaurants that if you don't have the same day reservation, even on a busy day, you can get in. Hmm. Um, they that ser- is good to know. They serve a great breakfast. They have sandwiches and salads for lunch with burgers. But then for dinner, they have pork chops, meatloaf, pot roast, steak, salads, milkshakes. Um, it's definitely, if you want to try a sit-down restaurant that isn't going to take up as much time, it's the place to go. And then if you're looking to get in and out and get your food quickly, they do have four quick service restaurants. So Casey's Corner, uh, which we talked about before, they serve hot dogs and the corn dog nuggets. The Main Street Bakery. Which, which is a glorified Starbucks. Which always has the longest line in the park. Yep. And let me the tell you, of the day. <laughs> they used to serve awesome cinnamon buns. If you want them now, you have to go in the fantasy land and get them at Gaston's. Because if you're smelling cinnamon cinnamon buns there, it's because they're pumping out the scent through smellitizers. They're not really there. It's the jet stream blowing it down from Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They also have the Plaza Ice Cream Parlor, which serves ice cream and sundaes, which again, you can smell halfway down the street because of the smellitzers. And tip, daytime. The lines in the evening are the longest. It's the opposite of the Starbucks. <laughs> it really is. If you go early afternoon, you're not going to wait in line as long for uh, ice cream. And who says ice cream can't be a breakfast right? food? Milkshake. It's milk. Yeah. yeah. Does the body good. And then there's the popcorn and ice cream carts. Which that smell, if, if something doesn't sell like that, a pop, their popcorn smells, sells. <laughs> try to say that <laughs> their popcorn smell sells yes i have it smells better than it tastes i have the magic candle company essential yes. oil of the popcorn yes. stand yes all right so terms of shopping it is the the place for shopping at the magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. it is the disney springs of the magic kingdom <laughs> So we have the largest shop in Main Street, USA, um, as well as in the park. And that is the Emporium. Um, That's located as soon as you go in on the left-hand side. It's almost the entire Main Street on the left-hand side. Although it looks like it's six or seven different shops. It's actually one long shop on the inside, which Disney is famous for doing. Um, The Chapeau. That's the place to get Mickey ears of all kinds. They even can embroider them for you. You can get that iridescent color. The Main Street Confectionery, that is the place in the park to purchase the sweets of all kinds. The candy apples. Dots on a piece of paper. Lollipops, whatnot. Overpriced Rice Krispie treats. Yep. In the shape of Mickey. But those things are huge. Yes. They're, they're still right. overpriced for the for the side, but like they're $10. huge. They're dense. You feel like you're not on a block of wood. It's like a big like cinder you house. Flip them with your whole family. 
It actually is my even one Uncle Junebug. But I will say the confectionery is one of those hidden places that people don't realize all the stuff that they actually make fresh there for you as well. Hmm. Like they're actually they're making the taffy. They're they're making this. Like it is a cool place. Main Street Cinema, which isn't a movie theater anymore. No. Um, but it is home to Disney art collectibles and figurines. Uptown Jurors. Uptown Jewel. Ju- <laughs> Jewelers. Somebody somebody else do it. Uptown Jewelers. Gems and Charms by Pandora. <laughs> and more. Crystal Arts. The hand-blown glass figurines and glassware. Disney Clothiers. Clothiers. Closures. 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 Disney clothes. You handled chapeau fine, but this one's tripping you up. I'm sorry. I can't. I say jewelry. So I can't say. And I can't say clothiers. Disney clothes. Disney character apparel. Disney character apparel for all ages. And then finally. Not just grandma. And then finally box office gifts. Um, if you need to buy a camera or film, if you still have that kind do of... Do they thing. have disposable cameras? Yes. <sighs> Where do you even get those developed anymore? And magic bands, I don't know. <laughs> I think Sam's Club still might, because I think I still have one or two from like... There used to a be a Kennywood drive. trip from 17 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, in just a few seconds, we're going to turn that corner and make a left-hand turn and head into Adventureland. Well, welcome to Adventureland. This is the first land to your left whenever you enter the hub. And it is home to a lot of favorite attractions. So the first attraction that you will come across is the Swiss Family Treehouse. It's a walkthrough treehouse-based attraction on the classic film with a lot of stairs. We call it the Line Ride. Yep, you pretty much stand in a line, and then when it's over, you're like, where's the Oh, that was the ride. Yes. So, I'm going to skip it. I'm going to skip it. It's an accessibility nightmare, not worth my time. But, Brian, you said... Skip it. Yeah, but then you also said... Okay, the only... If you like to take photos, it does give you some great aerial shots of... You could see Frontierland. You can see... um. A little bit of Main Street, you can see the hub, you can see Adventureland. It does give you some great, unique shots if you'd like to take photos. But the people behind you will probably get mad at you if you stop. <laughs> so after you get off of that, and or exit the line ride, um, you move a little bit deeper into Adventureland, you come across the magic carpets of Aladdin, which it kind of confuses me because of the theming of the area, and then you have... Like kind of this Middle Eastern yes. desert type that little ride. Middle section is kind it's of like, that area. Yeah, yeah. I I just don't get. I mean, Disney really likes this type of ride. It's kid friendly, and let me tell you, out of the three of them in the Magic Kingdom, this is the one that you skip. I call it a generic spin and puke. There's literally this ride in just about every other park you could possibly go to. Not worth your time. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You it's- basically get on get on magic carpets that go around in a circle and they go up and down in the air. And occasionally a camel will spit water at you when it works. Mm -hmm. Yes. When it works. 
well, all three of them were originally designed to be, you know, this was Disney's answer to the similar ride at Universal. So it was a get wet Dumbo. And the people complained. So they turned the other camels away from the ride and only one camel faces the ride. I will say one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish is my favorite incarnation Mm -hmm. of this ride. And yes. I will ride it every single time. Yes. Because I just think it's a lot of fun. But but that's another park. That's, that's a whole different ball game. So moving a little bit farther, pretty much if you are a Disney nerd, this is one of your favorite attractions at the Magic Kingdom. The world famous Jungle Cruise. Home to the eighth wonder of the world. The backside of water. <laughs> I yes. hope they don't. I know they're toning down some of the scenes to make them less offensive i hope they don't take away too much but i I really think it's just they're updating some things they're fixing fixing some things i think they're refreshing some things and i think it's a stealth maneuver that if the new film based on the ride does well they're going to be easily able to insert new animatronics i think this refresh is secretly laying the groundwork for a possible update for this film I, I could see that. Um, you know, it is like, you know, you board a little jungle boat and you go through a jungle cruise and full of punny jokes and tongue in cheek humor, if you will. And I think that's what gives it its character is the tongue in cheekness of it. And that's part of like classic Disney rides, you know, the jokes, the animatronics and the general storytelling. It's just classic Disney. Mm-hmm. This is a must do. Yeah, I agree. It is one I will say get a fast pass for that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. This is one definitely, and we'll talk. We're going to talk about fast passes when one of these other episodes about Disney parks. But um, this is one definitely. And they they reskin it for uh, Christmas, Christmas too. The Just Jingle, the jingle cruise, cruise. Yes. Which you know, so you get a different spin on it depending on what time of year you go. Yeah. Um, going a little bit deeper, we find the Enchanted Tiki Room or the tiki 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 mm. room to me this is a yes yes i mean yeah. it's short it's 10 minutes it's a nice 10 minute break. it's air conditioned and it's inside and, and you, you get sit. to sit down for 10 <laughs> minutes and it rarely has a line if anything you just you just have to wait till the next show yeah so it's another one of those things i you know i can use the terms classic and iconic interchangeably it dates back to walt Laura says that it originally started as an idea for a restaurant with actual birds in it. And then Walt is like, wait a minute. I don't know if we can have birds, live birds over diners because, you know, the mess. So we went from live birds in in cages to animatronic birds and we got the Tiki Room. All right. One more attraction. The Pirates of the Caribbean or... Caribbean, depending on How you what part it. of the world you're from. <laughs> I mean, this is, I think, one of the most iconic attractions. Um, when you think of Pirates of the Caribbean, you think of the smell. Well, they sell <laughs> candles based on it. <laughs> um, it is the classic indoor boat ride through a cavern in town featuring audio animatronics and special effects when they work. Um, there is a small drop in it, and since they got new boats for it, the front row does could get wet, I will tell you, with the new boats. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a definite, absolute must-do. Yes, absolutely. No disagreement there. It is a completely covered, mostly indoor Q-line. So even if it has a weight, you're inside, it's air-conditioned, you're under shelter if it rains. I love, I love the Q-line. Yeah, it's a great I Q-line. I love it. Love it. All right. So after all this riding, we're ready for another meal. There is a new sit-down restaurant called the Jungle Navigation Skipper Canteen which features bold flavors of Asia, South America, and Africa. And it kind of has a tie-in to the Jungle Cruise. Um, So if you are a Jungle Cruise fan, you will probably like this restaurant. That's one of the places that they serve the beer and wine, too. Yeah, all the sit-down restaurants. Oh, it's all of them now? Yeah, that's the only... Because I thought that was the only one. No, no, all of the... And that's the only place you can get... alcohol in the magic kingdom is at the sit down restaurants. The only one I'm not 100% sure they serve alcohol is the plaza. And the buff, I think I'm not sure about the crystal palace. I want to say no, but I, they might do mimosas. I don't, I don't know for sure. I forget to be honest. Um, but it is good. Um, the theme is good. Um, I, we enjoyed it when we went, we, we ate there two trips ago and I liked it. As far as quick service and snacks, there is the sun, Sunshine Tree Terrace, uh, which serves the citrus swirl and the orange and strawberry Dole Whip. Aloha, Aloha Isle serves the pineapple Dole Whip and pineapple, pineapple upside down cake. Yeah, that is the famous one. Um, they switched the locations a couple years ago, which confused people. Um, the Sunshine Tree Terrace is smaller, so it, it couldn't serve as many people. So they swapped where they were. So the place for the dual whip that everyone wants is the Aloha Isle, which is right by the magic carpets of Aladdin. The Sunshine. Isn't that the home of the Orange Bird? And their place in the Magic Kingdom that's the Orange Bird? Yes. Yeah. And all themed. And also they had the song that went with it too and all that happy stuff. Yep. And then lastly, for quick service, we have the Tortuga Tavern, which serves hot dogs, turkey legs, and pretzels. This is one of those seasonal places, though. So depending what time of year you go, it may or may not be open. For shopping, there's two small places in... Oh, there's a small one and a big one. There's the Island Supply, which is basically is a glorified sunglass hut. Where you can buy $300 Mickey sunglasses. Yeah. That you will crack or lose within an hour. Yep. And then there is the Plaza de Sol Caribe Bazaar, a.k.a. Pirates of the Caribbean gift shop. I give you mad props for being able to do that. <laughs> yep. All right. So that about leads us into our next land, Frontierland. Yep. Home to two of my favorite attractions in the entire park. So first one, Splash Mountain which is an incredible 11, 11 minute journey through the story from Song of the South. Loosely. Yes. <laughs> Loosely. Soon to be reimagined. Yes. Um, but this thrilling lock room has multiple drops and you may get wet, but you will definitely get splashed a little bit. Yeah. You're not going to get soaked, but you're going to get splashed. Yeah. You're, the closer you are to the front of the boat, the higher chance that you're going to get wet. Yes. Um, must do yes, for me. Yes, absolute must do. Guaranteed. Definitely a must do. And as an 
uh, animatronic geek, what I like about it is that it's actually this ride came about because they recycled animatronics from another attraction called America Sings, which is why there are a lot more critters on this ride than there are in the movie that it's based on because they had all these animal animatronics they wanted to repurpose. Like the possums. Yes. I love the possums. <laughs> How do you do? It's a great ride. Um, it is, my, I will say though, a boring queue line. It is a fast pass. Definitely yeah, fast There's pass not it. anything to see. Most of it's out, and most outside. Most of it's outside. Um, it's shady though. It is shady. There, it's all in a tree court, like a little courtyard, it. but it's, yeah, it's a fast pass. Yep. Then there's the wildest ride in the wilderness right across the way. Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Um, it's the runaway mine train coaster with three lift hills, tunnels, a flooded town, and lots of turns. Um, absolute must do. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's my favorite night ride at the park, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Absolutely. I love it. And it's another case of Imagineering never letting a good idea die. Um, it was originally inspired by a land they wanted to build for the Magic Kingdom in the early days. It didn't get built. A second-generation Imagineer, Tony Baxter, liked the idea. They ended up building it as the replacement for um, uh, the mine ride through Nature's Wonderland in Disneyland and ended up bringing it back to the Magic Kingdom a decade after they first had the idea. Yep. What's really nice and what we haven't really said thus far is that all of these rides are designed for the entire family. Mm -hmm. This is not, you know, the, the, the rides and the roller coasters, it's not like Cedar Point that we talked about or Kennywood or rides that have huge height requirements and things. This is designed so that the entire family can ride everything and it's, what, do we know what the height requirement is? Is it like 36 inches? Um, I'm going to check. Keep talking. I'll look. But um, it, it's it's very nice that this entire park in, is designed around rides. The and again, it's not do. that they're not thrilling because they, oh, they are, are, but they're not going to toss you around. They're, they're meant to be exciting and paced in such a way that you still get a story out of them. It's just not one ride element after another. Yeah. It's for... Not to sound cheesy. 40 inches. Each ride is an experience. Yeah, both, Spla both Splash Mountain and Big Thunder Mountain have 40-inch height requirements. Which still isn't. No. I think I think my son is really close to that right now. Oh, so. he could ride. He's, he's above 40. Stretch. <laughs> yep. Well, if you're not quite able... To ride those attractions, you can always catch a boat ride to an island full of secret caverns and fun passageways at Tom Sawyer Island. For me, I would say it's a skip, unless you're doing a couple days of the Magic Kingdom. Or if you just want to get away from the crowds. Mm -hmm. It is, there's once you get, you have to get crammed on a boat though, and then you, where you stand up and it takes you to the island. But once you're on the island, you can find a bench under the shade just to get away from people. There's little chess boards. You know, you can play chess like where Aunt Polly's used to be. It is it is cool, but I would I would skip it as well unless you're there for multiple days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you said, there's something to be said for the seclusion of it, and it gives you a breather, but it's not in my top 10 
20, it's not a must 30, do. 40 things to do in the park. Now, again, just like I said with um, the Swiss Family Treehouse, though, some great camera angles for Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, the Haunted Mansion across the way. It does offer some cool places to take pictures. You get all you get a view of the other side of Big Thunder Mountain that you can't see from anywhere else. And then there also is the indoor show attraction, the Country Bear Jamboree, which is an audio animatronic show with singing bears. For me, again, I think this is a skip unless you're doing multiple days. I have the point of view of it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but if you've never seen it before, do it at least once. It's another one of those attractions that has history behind it. It was a show that Walt himself planned when he was planning on building a ski resort, but it didn't end up getting, the resort was never built, never happened. They ended up building it for the Magic Kingdom, and it was so popular at the Magic Kingdom, they replicated it at Disneyland, twice the size. Ironically, though, it's since closed there, so the original is still open at the Magic Kingdom. It was actually Walt's last laugh. Mm. Um they were presenting the ideas and showing sketches to him when he was in the hospital. And supposedly it was one of his last. Yeah. When he was shown the um, concept art, he thought it was actually pretty funny. Yep. Um, it's, it's a skip, but I will tell you this. If you need a break, like for 10 minutes or so, and you have children, this will keep them more entertained than the Tiki room. So if you have children, I would say pick this one, the Country Bear Jamboree, over the Tiki Room. I can, I can see that. You guys hungry? Always. Oh, yes. All right. So let's talk about some food. Uh, we have Pecos Bill Tall Tale Inn and Cafe. So that serves tacos, nachos, wraps, fajitas, and burgers, which doesn't really fit into that whole thing but i thought most places can't go wrong it, with a burger i guess well, yeah it's most like a southwestern places, burger though it's yeah, most places in the park so some form of burger that's true and let me <laughs> yeah. tell you that it changed that place used to be it didn't have tacos nachos and stuff like that it used to be burgers and fries and chicken wraps mm-hmm. and then they switched the menu to make it more like western foods people complained there weren't burgers so they brought burgers back to it true uh, Golden Oak Outpost. So, chicken nuggets and waffle fries. When it's open, because that is seasonal. And it's between... You will, you could easily miss it. It's on the midway between Splash Mountain and going into Adventureland. And then finally, we have the Westward Ho. <laughs> I thought they closed the saloon. <laughs> hey, they want the redhead. <laughs> is this where she moved to? The one they yeah. kicked her out? Yeah. Now she she went from red to be in the Westward Ho. Yeah. Uh, you can so, get yeah, you can get chicken and bacon skewers, corn dogs, and frozen lemonade. What about shopping, Tim? Splashdown photo. So that is photos and souvenirs from Splash Mountain. Basically, the Splash Mountain gift shop at the exit of the ride. At the exit of the ride, and you will see that Disney. If you've never been there, Disney likes this formula where they dump you from the exit into a gift shop. Uh, the Briar Patch, yet again, more souvenirs from Splash Mountain. But it's on the midway, so if you don't ride the ride, you still see this shop. Mm-hmm. And then finally, we have the Frontier Trading Post. You can buy magic bands, pins, pin trading, um, and things of that sort there. 
let's just keep on moving along and we're coming across to Liberty Square. Colonial America. What's, what's really cool is as you're walking from frontier town, frontier, frontier land, land, land. Frontier over, town is Cedar Point, frontier land is Walt Disney World. When you're, when you're walking from the Wild West <laughs> over to Liberty Square, you cross a creek. And the creek is supposed to be symbolic of Mississippi River. Well, it's not a real creek. It's literally the midway. The pavement is a different color. To it. Well, no, they no. There is no, a creek. You oh, really? cross over yeah. Little bridge. If you oh, yeah. if you take the like the the dock, the oh, wooden thing yes. underneath, you can yes. see it. It comes through. That's true. But yes, they they're like up on the midway. It is a different color. And, yeah. You know, it changes. I, I think the the color of the concrete you're talking about is the off weird brown stripe of concrete, which is actually meant to replicate Colonial America's sewage system. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. So a lot of, lot of, lot of history and a lot of different things. Which is supposedly also why there's no real convenient bathroom in that area either, because it would not be true to the time. No, you have to go in that little passageway between there and Adventureland. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or the Tangled Bathrooms. Mm -hmm. Right. Huh. So, attractions. We have three separate attractions located in Liberty Square. The first is the Hall of Presidents, which is a 22-minute presentation on the history of the presidents, including all of them on stage at one time in animatronic form. Hard skip. I agree. Skip. <laughs> skip. This is a fantastic nap ride. I am the outlier here because I am an animatronics fan. And, and a history buff. And a history buff. And it's the most logical, most logical extension of the great moments with Mr. Lincoln that Walt developed for the World's Fair in 65 and took back to Disneyland. It's part of Disney's DNA. They've always had this patriotic streak about them. And I will say this. If you're there for multiple days and you want to do everything, yes, it is impressive. The animatronics, um, the way they tell the story, seeing it once in your life is great. I'll get behind that. Yeah. Or once every four to eight years, you know? Yeah. Uh, next, we have the Liberty Square Riverboat, which cruises along the river that outlines Tom Sawyer Island. Um, it recently came back up from a long time refurbishment. Yeah, it goes under refurbishment pretty often, just anything with water. But they did this one was a huge refurbishment. Mm -hmm. They rebuilt the boat. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a I'd skip. I'd still skip it. Yeah, it's a skip. <laughs> But it's one of those, I will say, you should do it once in your life. It is relaxing. If it is a hot day, you know, cruising on the water like that, it, it is calming. Yeah, I, I would call it a skip unless you're looking for a park bench with a really nice mobile view. Other than that, it's a skip. And, yeah. And if you don't want to go to Tom Sawyer Island, but you still want to get the cool pictures of Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, it's another place to do that from, too. And for our final attraction within Liberty Square, the Haunted Mansion. Welcome, foolish mortals. Of course, there's always my way. Yes. Classic dark ride through a haunted estate where 999 happy haunts are always looking for one more. 
<laughs> but with the capacity of that, I think they're going to get a little bit more than one. They're going to get a lot more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like this is my favorite dark. ride. I've said it on podcast before. This is my favorite dark ride. This is one of my favorite non roller coaster rides. This is an absolute must do. This is arguably like my first ride that I would go to when I enter the magic kingdom. Yeah. It's and the last ride before I leave. It's oh, essential. Yeah. I completely agree. And, Here's the thing. There's so many things we could say about the ride, but other people have said it too. It, it is literally the definition of iconic. It is Disney on brand doing what they do, telling a story from beginning to end with a dark ride from the minute you get in line till the minute you get off in the gift shop. Yes. I mean, the, I mean the, the whole conspiracy theory where you actually die yeah, in the story. ride. Yeah. And that's you, when you go through the attic. And then when you go backwards, you're jumping out of the attic window yeah. and then you're and coming you alive can, in the graveyard yeah. and you're becoming the ghost and that, you know, the 1000th ghost. And, and the actual storyline that Disney's written, but they don't say it outright. They just give you hints. And the thing yes. about this ride is I have ridden it <laughs> probably close to a hundred times in my life. Yep. If, if not more. I still notice new things. Yeah, yes. so much to time. take in. Mm -hmm. There's so much. And, you know, it's one of those rides, you know, people don't like when rides break down or if you temporarily stop. I love mm, this is one of the greatest temporarily rides. Stop because then it's take everything in. And I've stopped many times when they've had to the temporarily stop the ride to get people on because it doesn't stop moving in the ballroom scene. And that is like the best place to get stopped on because there's so much to see. Like, like people talk like probably five, six episodes ago, we talked about Cedar Point. One of the holy grails is getting a rollback on top of the dragster. Yeah. One of the holy grails of Disney is being evac'd out of the Haunted Mansion oh, where yes. they turn the lights on yep. and you walk back through it and you get to see everything in its corruptible mortal state. state. <laughs> I got to do that on um, two rides in my life and it was Test Track at Epcot and Yes, the Star Wars ride at Hollywood Studios, the Rise of the Resistance. We'll get there. Yeah, it's great weeks. to walk through that. <laughs> uh, so I think we're pretty much all in agreement. This is an absolute oh, yeah. must do. This should be at the top of your list to do. Yes. Um, terms of food. So sit down restaurants. We have three of them. Yep. And one of them is one, my absolute favorite place to eat in the Magic Kingdom. And that is the Liberty Tree Tavern. It is a family style. All you can eat. American food place. They have turkey, pot roast, pork, mashed potatoes, desserts. And literally, it's only like, I think it's $30. And they will keep bringing it out and bringing it out. It is great. I really, really, really enjoy it. I, I've never done it until my most recent trip. And I will do it every trip going forward because the food is good. Um, it isn't overly crowded. It's easy to get in. Um, they also, in the busy seasons, open the Diamond Horseshoe and offer the same food, pretty much that they use the same kitchen as the Liberty Tree mm -hmm. Tavern. And then there's the Columbia Harbor House, which is closer to the Haunted Mansion, which is the seafood place, um, the seafood, chicken, and salads. I did eat there. Did you? Yes, I did eat there. There you go. Mm -hmm. Which one? The Harbor House? Mm -hmm. Yep. Because it's right there on the corner. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. So in terms of quick service, we have the Liberty Square Market, which serves the world-famous iconic turkey legs, hot dogs, fresh fruit, and chips. 
and then Sleepy Hollow, which features the funnel cakes, the chicken and waffle sandwiches, and ice cream. Very popular place. Yes, it is. That's on the outskirts, like right yeah, before, you get, right the, before you get to the, the bridge. Hub. The hub, yeah. Mm-hmm. So in terms of shopping, we have three shops, one of which is my one of my favorites in Disney World. So Liberty Square Portrait Gallery, you can get your photo drawn by an artist. The Ye Old Christmas Shop, which features Christmas ornaments, stockings, and much more. And then my personal favorite, Memento Mori, Haunted Mansion Gifts. Mm-hmm. So I think with that, we're about to round the corner and take it into Fantasyland, home of the classic Disney attractions. Well, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. <laughs> no. No. We're in Fantasyland. Home to the park's iconic attractions, starting with Peter Pan's flight. So in this ride, you board your own flying ship as you go from London to Neverland and you fly with Peter Pan and defeat the evil Captain Hook. Yeah, this is a yes. This is an absolute must for me. It's a fast pass ride. It is a fast pass ride. It is a yes if it's less than an hour wait. So, and it and there and the reason I say that is because it's a very short ride. Yes. It yes. is not a long ride. It is over before you even it's get It's 3 minutes. And but here's my thing. This is a this is my rope drop ride. Yeah. I head here for, I I usually do not get a fast pass for Peter Pan's flight but it is the first attraction I get to. And I'm usually within 10 minutes, I'm on the ride. Mm-hmm. So you still get to walk through the cool indoor queue line um, and get to ride the ride and then move on to other things. If you can get a fast pass forward, if you don't like rope dropping the parks and getting their first thing, it's definitely a fast pass ride. This is definitely one of the top three longest wait rides. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I'd still say it is definitely worth riding. It's another ride, and I use the word so much, iconic. It's a replication of one of the few uh, remaining opening day rides that opened up when Disneyland first opened, and they it was a no-brainer to bring it to Disney World. If you want a longer ride, just go right across the Midway for It's a Small World. The infamous boat ride around the world with a song that will be stuck in your head for the rest of the day. I'm good. I'll, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go and get me a turkey leg while you guys go on that. Fine. I will ride it. It's another one. It's another one of those rides that is quintessential to the Disney experience. So here's here's my thing. It is the first Disney ride I ever rode. And because it's the first Disney ride I ever rode, I was 10 years old. There's just always something about it. Like to me, that was the first I, I it was the first park I ever went to outside of like Kennywood. So it was it just meant so much. So you, to yeah, me, you have a lot of nostalgia. To me, it's it. nostalgia to ride. And I remember my mom telling me on the boat ride, it's better than Kennywood, Brian, isn't it? And my dad saying, oh, if we only had some golf balls. 
I guess he thought it would be more entertaining if you could throw. <laughs> it's just <laughs> throw things. Man, if you could, if you could get prizes for throwing golf balls in his little doll's mouths or something like that. Oh, Mary Blair is spinning in her grave right now. <laughs> One of the reasons Who, I, Reagan no, from Mary, The Exorcist. No, Mary Blair, the one who designed the ride. The ride designer, costume designer, and graphic designer who basically gave that ride its it's look. her style Mary Blair. Yeah. wasn't she in wait that's linda she... blair <laughs> oh. Jesus, tim get your blairs <laughs> you got your blairs crossed <laughs> i'm sorry well moving on any hootie chris and i say to do it tim says to skip it yeah it's completely up to you. If it is your first time and you've never been, it's probably worth do it once and torture yourself for three and a half minutes. And then it's a fast moving line though. I will say that if it the lines fast. are long, even if it looks long, that line moves and it's a completely covered queue line. Um, if you want 12 to 15 minutes off your feet, if you were hearing age, just turn them off. You know, I mean, it, 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 it's iconic, though. Speaking of iconic. And that is Brian's tip of the week. <laughs> if you have hearing aids, turn off. <laughs> Prince Charming's Regal Carousel, or as I will always call it, Cinderella's Carousel, Golden, whatever it used to be called. Um, it is a cool night ride, but compared to everything else the park has, I'm, I say skip it. And I love carousels. Um, if you just have one day and your time's limited, skip. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... If you have little ones, it's going to be a must-do. It is located in the center of the stroller parking lot. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, everybody just parks their strollers around the outside of it. You can't miss it. It's located in the dead center. It is ground zero. Um, but if you have little ones and they like carousels, this is a great attraction for them. If not, keep moving. Everything Tim just said. Yep. I mean, it is it is the oldest ride in the park. It's an old carousel. It is one of the largest carousels. It's PTC carousel. It's gorgeous. I mean, it, it is a beautiful ride. Um, but again, it can get a long line. <laughs> and most amusement parks have anti-carousels. So unless you have multiple days, I would skip it and ride it elsewhere. So moving on a little bit across the way is Mickey's Philharmonious. Philharmagic. No. Moving on across the way is Mickey's Philharmagic. <laughs> a 3D film with special effects as you go through scenes from The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and The Lion King. For me, this is a definite skip because there are better versions of this throughout the property. Oh, you mean other 3D movies? Other 3D movies... Yes, there, there are much better versions of this type of attraction at other parks, which we'll talk about in future episodes. I disagree with Tim. Um, out of the, the 3D, 4D films, this one is one of my favorites. Um, it just, it is very immersive, the way that they start you off and the screen gets bigger and the flying scene on Aladdin, the smells... It's a more child-friendly version and doesn't have quite the dramatic special effects, especially as the one at Animal, at, um, Animal Kingdom. But I think it is 
a well put together film and I it's definitely a do for me. It's fun. I like it. It's definitely going to be one of those films if you've had kids that you have literally raised on every Disney film, they will love this. I sort of agree there are better done interact the 4D kind of 3D shows, but it's still worth it. It you see a slightly more modern take on the characters, which is a nice twist. It was the first time that the a lot of these were digital. Exactly. But again, if you're in a time crunch, it's a take it or leave it kind of a thing. No, I will say this, though. If you're in Fantasyland and it starts to downpour, head to this attraction because it's an indoor queue line. <laughs> you can wait out the entire <laughs> storm while you're doing something. True. Because right. it rarely has a line more than one show. Moving a little bit deeper into fantasy land. We're going to move into new fantasy land. I oh, okay. The Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, a swinging mine train family coaster over and through the diamond mines of the Seven Dwarfs. Yes, yes, please. yes. And this is another one of my. If you could do a fast pass, do a fast pass. Yes. The queue line is cool. There's a lot of interactive games and gem hunting and things like that. But it is, yes, it is a must-do. It's a cool ride. It's not the most forceful or anything like that, but it, it is a cool ride. I like it. It It is It is fun. Um, I always tell people, if you can't get a Fast Pass for this, get in line right before park close. Because even if it says, like, 45-minute wait, hour wait, Guess what? Once the park closes, if you're in line, you're still going to get to ride, and no more people are getting in the fast pass line. So all of a sudden, that standby line is going to start moving real fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that's not that's the one thing they do with the fast pass line is they let like twenty five fast people go before. Mm -hmm. Well, it depends. One There's they have formulas like depending how busy yeah, the day is and different just... times, it moves differently. But. Yeah. All right, so a little bit down the road, we have another classic dark ride, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. It, like I said, it's a dark ride into the 100-acre wood with Winnie the Pooh and friends. Yes, for me, 100%. Yes, I'd agree. I agree as well. It's a very well-done take of 2D characters into a three-dimensional world. It's just well done, but it's not overly done. It still has that classic dark ride feel, mm -hmm. but with modern touches. And it's a mild, milder version of Mr. Toe's Wild Ride. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a lot of fun. Um, I like it. I mean, I love Winnie the Pooh, so I'm definitely a yes. And I like that they do different things. There's the unexpected you bounce with Tigger. And, and then when you get to the water scene, you actually feel like you're floating mm -hmm. in the water. It kind of moves around. Uh, a lot of fun. And then last, or no, I'm sorry, not lastly. And there's still a lot to do yeah. in Fantasyland. <laughs> right. So next we have the Enchanted Tales with Belle. Um, so it's much more than just a typical meet and greet, but you actually travel through a magic mirror into the Beast Castle where Lumiere gets the kids involved in the retelling of the story of Beauty and the Beast uh, for Belle. I thought it was neat. The mirror effect that grows yeah, into I a doorway is like amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a skip unless you have a certain hankering for 
Belle and the Beast, or if you have kids that really love Beauty and the Beast. I, I other than that, it's it's a skip. Yeah, I'll second everything that Tim just said. And if you're interested in those effects, there are plenty of high definition walkthroughs on YouTube. Save your time. I will never forget the first time I read because everyone I wanted to see that effect. Everyone talks about the mirror effect, and there was this little kid in front of me, and I literally like first time I read, and I said, "Move!" I literally like moved the kid because he was on his dad's shoulders, so I couldn't see anything. Oh. I literally like forced my way in so I could see it. Move, childless millennial. You beat me to it. I was about <laughs> to say that. Move. <laughs> And then I forced myself in. But it is cool. And meanwhile, I was the dad <laughs> with Aiden up on my shoulder. And, and my favorite thing is, you know, they get the kids involved in the story and occasionally the parents. And it was hilarious to me because they got this kid's dad to be one of the soldiers. <laughs> and you could just tell he did not want to do this, but they made him do it. Oh, it was hilarious. That's when it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Again, if you have multiple days, this is one of those things I do advise you to do on that second day or if you have kids definitely do it so another one of my favorites in new fantasy land is the under the sea journey of the little mermaid ride so you get to board a clamshell on a dark ride and you travel through the basic abridged version of the story of the little mermaid yeah 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 we yeah yeah you got to do it it's an omni mover so it moves through people mm-hmm it's it's very similar to the seas with Nemo and friends, but with longer. an aerial skin yeah. and longer. Yeah, and it is longer. And <laughs> you know, I have to get behind it. You use the phrase "dark ride." How could I say not to ride a dark ride? And if you're lucky, every once in a while you might see a headless Ursula. <laughs> yes. Oh. No. Love no. when animatronics break <laughs> at Disney World. They become something of evil. It's like Five Nights at Freddy's. Was Sleek <laughs> paralysis demon because her head fell off and she kept singing. Yeah. I think we had a lunch lady that looked like that. <laughs> no, definitely a must do. Who likes the teacups? I love the teacups. I know I'm the only one probably of this bunch, <laughs> but I love the teacups. The mad tea party. Spin around and around and around and around and around on classic teacup ride. With the drunk guy in the middle or whatever that thing the that pops up. The drunk Rat no, I forget what it is. That pops it's like up. a mouse. Or it's, a, it's a dormouse. Dormouse. That's it is right. A dormouse. A dormouse. Yes. Yeah. As opposed to a window mouse. Or the mouse they have copyrighted on the front of the park. It's from the book and from the, the yeah. movie. It is yeah. called a dormouse. He just keeps poking his little head out of the thing with a cup and then goes back. Home. And I will wave to him as I'm it's walking like a, past the I'm ride because I'm not getting on it. And I'll wave to that mouse as I walk past the ride because I'm not getting on it. It's a great ride. I love it. I'll okay. skip it. It's it's cool, but it's a common ride across many theme parks. Now, I will tell you, if you go during Mickey's Not-So-Scary Parade, they add cool lighting to this just for the party, and it's awesome. Dumbo, the flying elephant. The probably one of the most recognizable rides from all of Walt Disney World. Uh, you fly high in the sky on your favorite flying elephant. Although it is better at night with a color changing water jet effect. Yep. They but, have those cool things. And there's the double Dumbos. If you haven't been there for a while, they moved Dumbo over to by the Barnstormer and they got two Dumbos. So twice the capacity and twice the fun. And the queue system, if the wait gets over like 20 minutes, they give you a pager 
and you get to be in an air-conditioned play tent. Your kids are playing games like they're at Chuck E. Cheese, mm-hmm. and you're sitting on an air-conditioned bench. And then your pager goes off, and then it's your time to ride. Yep. Which I th- I think is cool. Yeah. And it might sound weird coming for me, because I am not a spin-and-puke ride kind of person, but again, it's Dumbo. It's Disney. It's literally shorthand for the park. A picture of the Dumbo ride. You know mm-hmm. what it's supposed to be. And you know that because in pop culture, anytime a sitcom goes to the park, that's the one ride they always ride. Yep. Mm-hmm. Family Matters, Roseanne, Step by Step. Full House. Full, Full House. house. Yep. They all rode Dumbo. Yes. It, it, yeah, I, I, I'm i not a fan of these rides because they're so generic, but it is iconic and you can't go to the Magic Kingdom without saying you've been on Dumbo. Yep. Period. And then finally, we come to another roller coaster, the Barnstormer. So a family steel roller coaster around the barnyard with your pal, Goofy. It's a Vacoma roller skater, but it has its Disney touch on it. The theming's cool. Um, I say yes, as long as the wait's 30 minutes or less. I would not wait more than 30 minutes. I second that. If you need the cred, do it. Or if you have a wife that's afraid of roller coasters, but that's what she'll ride, do it. And you'll probably do it two or three times. There's no hills, girl. No hills. <laughs> uh, the only thing, the one thing that I truly dislike about this ride is the net that covers you. Mm-hmm. And it's it's on a lot of the rides down in Orlando. Yeah. That they do that. They do that so they don't have to do a seatbelt. It's like they're, if a kid would go under the bar, it would stop. And you can also take in all your crap with you too and put it under, but that just, yeah, it's just weird. Yeah. It's like a blanket. All right. So who wants to meet some characters? There's lots of places. There's the Princess Fairy Tale Hall, which is where you can meet Anna and Elsa. Let it go. Yes, let it go. But, you know, it is, this took the place of Snow White's scary adventures. and um, Why? Why would you get rid of another dark yeah, ride? Because, because people were standing in line four hours in Epcot to see princesses, and they wanted to give it a higher capacity indoor queue line. So Merch. That's what they did. There's also Ariel's Grotto, which is where you can meet Ariel. And Pete's Silly Sideshow which is where you can meet classic Disney characters like Donald and Goofy. Now, there are some iconic and very difficult-to-get reservation sit-down restaurants in Fantasyland. (laughs) Yeah, tell me about it. (laughs) There is Cinderella's Royal Table. Yes, the fancy restaurant in the castle. They do a overpriced breakfast, an overpriced lunch, and, and an, an extremely over- overpriced dinner. <laughs> yeah, so actually, lunch and dinner are the same price now. Um, so, you know, normally it's 180 days in advance that you can book reservations if you stay on site. If you don't call within the first 10 days of that window, you're no- you're not going to get reservations for Cinderella's Royal Table. It is very hard, unless you're a two-top or, you know... No, not going to happen. I mean, it depends. I, I said it, the, I think it was last week when I said it. I, whenever me and you went, we were like... Well, oh, you went day of. 
Well, yeah. No, I mean like with the, oh, the call in advance. Yeah, the call oh. in advance. Oh yeah, we walked up and the girl was oh, like, she, <laughs> laughed, she, laughed she laughed at, at you. Have a goofy day, bunch of goofy. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's hard to get in, um, but they do have good food, and just it is an experience to eat inside the castle. The thing I always love, though, and I've I've eaten here many times as an adult, and when the princesses come around, they don't skip over you because you're adults. They literally go full force in character. Oh, our two prince charmings here, like literally. Just go with it. And to me, that is hilarious and See, fun. To me, that makes me not want to go there. To be on, like, no, no. I'm I love, I hate characters. <laughs> I do. Because, like, I, I know you're not you. Like, I know you're, like, Amber. <laughs> you know, from, like, Southside Orlando. This is trying to, Jacksonville. you know. Like, <laughs> you're driving in every day from Cocoa Beach. <laughs> like, I get it. Like. You're, you know, whatever. You're Kyle, but like you're trying to be this part. Like I, I just, it, it freaks me out and like gives me anxiety because I'm like, well, if that's not for you, you can always do be our guest, which is you can if you choose, you can meet the beast. He doesn't come around to the tables. Um, I like be our guest. I actually, um, again, I would never pay for the overpriced breakfast. But the lunch and the dinner is really cool. And you can also get wine to go with your French meal. Um, it's cool. Again, it is just as hard to get reservations for Be Our Guest as it is for Cinderella's Royal Table. So if you don't want to sit down and you just want to grab something quick to eat, fan favorites, always the Pinocchio Village House. You can get flatbread, pasta, chicken nuggets, and salads. And that is located right across from the carousel. And right next door to it's Small World. Uh, Gaston's Tavern, you were, you can get the cinnamon rolls. The These cinnamon rolls are huge. They're so good. The Grey Stuff Cupcakes? Yes. And La Fou's Brew. La Fou's Brew. La Fou's Brew. Which was Disney's answer to, uh, <laughs> it was Disney's response to uh, Butterbeer. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. I actually like La Fou's Brew. It's something I always get. It's frozen apple juice with a hint of toasted marshmallows and the top, like the the foam on top is in fruit mango foam. I like it. I think it's really good. Prince Eric's Village Market has soft pretzels, turkey legs, and donuts. The Cheshire Cafe, Cheshire Cafe, yep. has slushies, has slush. They're slushies. Slushies. <laughs> Just the, slush. They scrape it off the side of the road in Pittsburgh and they send it down. <laughs> the Cheshire Cafe has... Which is God. <laughs> Amazing. The Cheshire Cafe has slushies, the Cheshire Cat Tail Pastry, iced coffee, and frozen lemonade. Let me tell you, the pastry is awesome. It really is good. And it's that, that treat that people don't think about when they think about treats at the Magic Kingdom. Mm -hmm. It's very different, and it's very good. I think, is it moist? No. It is like um, the stuff we had at Knobles, those tails, the tiger tails. It's oh, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It's like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
What else can we get at, uh, at Fantasyland, Tim? Storybook treats, home of the ice cream, the sundaes, and the floats, as well as the Friars Nook, mm-hmm. tots, hot dogs, fun. mac and cheese. Basically, my son's ideal place to eat yeah i was gonna say that's a toddler's <laughs> dream <laughs> there's shops too yes yes so if you want to go shopping in fantasy land um it is home to one of two bibbity bobbity boutiques on property the other of which is located in disney springs this one um is located in fantasy land where kids can transform into a princess or a knight reservations required yes Fantasy Fair has hats, pins, toys, plushes, and Mickey ears. Sir Mickey's has apparel and different types of accessories. The 100 Acre Goods has, of course, Winnie the Pooh gifts. Bonjour! Bonjour. Village gifts. Bonjour! Bonjour! Has the, well, non, uh, not surprising, the Beauty and the Beast gifts. Shocker. And Big Top Souvenirs. Character gifts and sweet treats located across from Dumbo. So with that, we bid a fond farewell to Fantasyland and enter the world of tomorrow. There's a lot to do in Tomorrowland. So welcome everybody to our final land of the Magic Kingdom, Tomorrowland, the world of tomorrow. Home to some of the iconic rides at the Magic Kingdom and attractions. Shouldn't just say rides because there are a couple iconic attractions. So first thing, whenever you're coming in from Fantasyland, you're going to see Tomorrowland Speedway, the drive-your-own car on the Tomorrowland racetrack type ride. Skip. Eh, I'm pretty much the same, Skip. To me, those kind of rides, cars are cars are cars. And it takes up such a huge like plot of land. And they're not even like cool electric cars. Like it's, you know, like the loud... The gas powered. Yes. Which doesn't speak tomorrow to me. No. But when it was made. Well, when when the original was built for Disneyland, they were pushing the the idea of large interstate highways. Mm -hmm. That was the futuristic aspect of it. Now those are everywhere. It's time for an update. I'm going to say yes with little ones. Yeah. Period. Yeah, the kids um, love it because they get my, to drive. My son loved it. The three times he was on it, he would love it again. Side note, we went to Splash Lagoon and we went to the arcade mm-hmm. and we played one of the car racing games mm-hmm. and he sat on my lap. I pressed the gas and he did third place out of 27. Wow, good for him. Yes. Yay. He beats Super Mario levels. Like, beats them. Good for him. Holy shit. Get the child in the esports early. Yep. <laughs> so next, one of the center attractions in Tomorrowland, which you can see from high above, is the Astro Orbiter, which is basically a faster, taller Dumbo type ride with tandem seating. I say yes because you get great views of Tomorrowland um, and just kind of the outside areas. I would skip it. Unless you had you were there multiple days, um, it it's is a low a, capacity ride. It is low capacity because everyone wants their own rocket. But I like to I, if I would suggest riding it, it would be at nighttime because the lighting's really cool. The whole that whole land at yeah. night has really that's the lighting that I like in yeah. it. 
What do you think, Chris? You know what? With me and the spin and puke kind of rides, I would say skip it. But just like Tim said, if you want some great views of the park, can't take any photos, but if you'd like some great views... And you can if you're quick enough. Legally. Legally, yes. <laughs> Legally. If you want the views, ride it. If not, I don't know if it's worth your time. But actually, Disney, they let you take... Mm -hmm. they, they don't have, like, a no-camera policy. There's certain rides, but very few. I mean, you can whip out your, your camera on the Haunted Mansion or, you know... There's no Mountain. flash pictures. No flash photography. All right, so what do, what do we got next? The Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover. An 11-minute ride around Tomorrowland on the Super Skyway. It even goes through Space Mountain, which is always the coolest part. It's one of my favorites. Yes, it is one of my absolute must-dos. It, it, it's a small train that goes around one land, but it's... But it's, it's amazing. It's under it's the magical. cover, so it runs in the rain. It runs like it's awesome. It even runs into other cars. Yep. <laughs> not supposed, to. Not supposed <laughs> to do that. Yeah. But I love it for the ride and the views you get and how relaxing it, relaxing it is. But me being the tech geek, it's also an extension of Walt's ethos of new technologies, using rides to test them. It actually uses linear linear induction motors, just like launch coasters, mm -hmm. just at a very low pulse to move you along. And in fact, the same technology was actually used in actual, you know, real world applications. The train that moves you around the um, George H. W. Bush Inter um, International Airport in Houston, their people mover is technically a people mover. It uses the same technology and was built by Disney. The one thing I will say about it, this is the highest capacity ride in probably the world, let alone Walt Disney World. It does almost 4,000 people per hour. The centerpiece to Tomorrowland is, of course, the indoor Space Mountain roller coaster. Um, it's an indoor steel roller coaster that goes through the darkness of space. And depending on the season, they have different skins on the inside. Um, during Not So Scary, they make it completely dark and completely black. Yeah, that's when a lot of people really talk about how great the ride is because you can't see anything. I mean, not that you can't. I mean, during regular operation, you see that cookie go by. And, um, well, it's not really a cookie, but everyone always says they see the cookie go by. Um, but you see the stars and everything, but you still can't see much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's not a huge ride in terms of drops. There's, uh, you know, there are sudden drops and there are sudden turns, but the drops are not high. No. They're no, 10, 15 feet. Big Thunder Mountain goes faster. Yes. Yes. It just gives that illusion because it is in the dark. Um, it's iconic. Yes, absolutely. Do not miss this attraction when you go. Yeah. I agree completely. Yeah, it's a must-do. The biggest drop, I think, is 26 feet, so it's not much. Yeah. You know, it's great. I, I love it. Um, the entire queue is indoors. Um, I've fast-passed it before, um, but sometimes in the middle of the day, you don't mind standing in line in air conditioning in the dark. True. In the dark. True. So next... Going around Tomorrowland, we have Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress, which is a theater where the audience moves instead of the actors in the scenery. 
The 20-minute experience features audio animatronics and take a look at how we progressed since the 1900s. Um, yes, 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 and yes. And Tim's not usually a show kind of guy, no. but it, it's cool. It is, and I, I love seeing everyone's reaction when you start to move, like the first time <laughs> yeah, yeah. when people you could tell haven't been on it or don't know what's going to happen, and you move. It's it's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you just move around a circular. Well, it's carousel. So right. you just move around in a circle and you see different scenes and it stops and there's a five, seven minute, you know, scene or whatever. Just yes. remain seated the whole time because if people were standing up and it's supposed to move between scenes, it doesn't move and you watch the scene again. I guess we learned from experience, didn't we? Many times. Uh, well, depending, it might be worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am definitely a yes on this. Again, I love animatronics and the history behind it. It's another attraction that came out of the work that Disney did for the World's Fair in 65 in New York. And it's not a duplicate. It's technically the actual one. Yeah. The actual ride. It went from the World's Fair to Disneyland and then it was moved to Disney World. It's a must do. Mm -hmm. Coming around farther from the Carousel Progress, we have Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. So this is a dark ride where you fire lasers at different Zerg targets and you try to defeat Zerg. Uh, you can challenge your friends to see who has the highest score. And if you get the highest score, I think it's like 400,000 or 999, something. 999,000. Is that what it is? Yeah. You get a sticker. Ooh. Ooh. You know, this was one of the first shooting, like, attractions yeah. of its type. Um, you know, so I think it is cool. It, they definitely took something and to a new level. Um, so it's definitely a must-do, but it can get long lines. Did this come out before Men in Black? Yes. But yeah, it, it can get long lines, but I love it. I'll do it. It's well done. I recommend it. Mm -hmm. It has that that uh, black light reflective paint yeah. through it, mm -hmm. too. And uh, yeah. It's cool. I wish that I wish they would do like an update of the laser guns, like some other newer versions of the ride have. Um, but it's still fun. Mm -hmm. And then the last attraction that you can find in Tomorrowland is the Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. MILF. An interactive show with jokes told by real-time animated characters. I never noticed that. That's what the cast members refer to it <laughs> as. Um, the power of laughter is apparently more powerful than screams. I love it. Um, I, the reason why I love it is every time I've been on it, it is different. Um, it, the, the people that control the animatronic, it, it's hard to explain because they're animated characters, but they move and they talk real time. Um, so they react to what the audience says or does, and they'll make different stories based on what people are wearing and they'll show different things. Um, but the later in the evening you go, it gives me a little bit of the Adventurous Club vibes because they react a little more. If there's more adults and not that many kids in the audience, the show's a little different. Like, it's it's a lot of fun um, for that. But, I mean, again, I know you guys are probably going to skip it. <laughs> I'm hard skipping it every day. I'm, I'm walking right by it. 
Which is ironic because we were there and you have the opening day pin yeah. for that thing. Yeah, we were there for the first day that it opened. And, well, yeah, that, that, that was about it for me. I've had enough of that. I agree. It, it's not a bad show, but again, it's not in my top 350 things to do in the park. But if you need a nice break in air conditioning, eh, mm. worth a shot. And the technology is cool. Like well, a lot of people were surprised when it they start interacting. Well, the last time I wrote it was the first gen or experienced it was the first gen te- technology, and at that point it was a little janky. Oh no, it's come a long way. It, yeah. I saw it when it first opened, I was like, yeah, it was okay. And then like the second or third time, I, second or third time I saw it, I was like, whoa! Like it, it did get a lot better as time went on. Um, I like it. There's another show at another park that, that does is, it better that. Yes. that i think is better and the only reason i think it's better is because it's a lot more intimate it's an intimate theater yeah we're talking about crush turtle talk with turtle talk. And it actually fits next the week yeah. and <laughs> we'll it fits the it. area it's in too yeah mm-hmm. um i mean i get i get the whole metropolis vibe of tomorrow like i i kind of get it but it's it, a stretch i uh, weren't gonna put it in Frontierland, no. but if they thought they could get away with it yeah. but yeah i mean all right, so moving on to entertainment. So we have Sunny Eclipse, the audio animatronic rock star at Cosmic Rays Cafe. It, skip it. I would skip it unless I'm eating there because it, it, it's cute and the kids like it. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm going to say. Skip it unless you know you have kids you want to entertain or you're an animatronics buff and you haven't seen it before. But again, that's what YouTube is for. Mm-hmm. And then there's my least favorite stage show or stage location anywhere at Walt Disney World and that's the Rocket Tower Plaza stage. Is that the one that's on the corner? It's the one like in between Space Mountain and, and, Carousel. and Carousel where they have like obnoxious shows that don't fit with anything. They have dance parties. Dance there, parties all the time. Hard skip. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever actually watched anything there. I don't even think that I've ever paid attention to it. I think I've literally walked past it. And I'm a show guy. Hard skip. Yep. All right, food time. So, can't leave the land without trying some delicious food. First, we have quick service. We actually do not have any sit-down restaurants not within Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland. Nope. It's all quick service. So, the first quick service restaurant is Cosmic Ray Starlight Cafe, which we just mention um they serve burgers hot dogs chicken pulled pork salads typical but it's large like um, i think it's actually the largest food place it is pretty big and they um they keep adding more seating to it now there's more indoor seating they added more outdoor seating it's definitely if you there's something there for everyone i will say that anti-gravities galactic goodies serves ice cream sundaes shakes and smoothies uh, you can pretty much find ice cream anywhere in the park. Yeah. <laughs> um, the launching pad, hot dogs, pretzels, and slushies. And then the Tomorrowland Terrace. So the menu changes often. Yeah, it um, changes but, a lot. But it usually serves burgers, chicken tenders, sandwiches, salads, um, pretty much the normal theme park food. And it's seasonal. If it's the off season, it will be closed and Cosmic Rays will be able to handle the amount of people. Mm-hmm. There are a few different places to shop so mickey star traders is on trend apparel and souvenirs inspired by disney characters the merchant of venus 
Tomorrowland gift shop. Just generic Tomorrowland gifts. Uh, Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger spin photos. Of course, we're going to empty you into a gift shop with Toy Story gifts and on-ride photos. And then the Tomorrowland Light and Power Company, yet again, the Space Mountain gift shop. And Star Wars gifts. Yeah, because of course they had to make Insert another... Yeah, that. Yeah. You <laughs> can make your own lightsaber there with a much shorter weight than at Hollywood Studios. <laughs> yeah. So that about wraps it up for our tour of the Magic Kingdom. Now we're going to get into some other things. So let's talk about our favorite attractions. I mean, we listed a lot. We went through them. We talked about what we liked, what we would skip. But what would you say your what would you say is your top five attractions, Tim? So top five must do: Haunted Mansion, Splash Mountain, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Jungle Cruise, and Space Mountain. Chris. My list is pretty much an animatronics greatest hits. Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean, Jungle Cruise, Tiki Room, Carousel of Progress, and I'm going to throw in an honorable mention that these two won't touch the Hall of Presidents. Eugene won't touch it either. He's snoring over here. <laughs> what hey, about you? Like he's on the ride. <laughs> <laughs> right? What about you? Um, Big Thunder Mountain, Splash Mountain, Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean, and Space Mountain. So you did the mountain trifecta. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, those to me, those are like the the big attractions there. True. True. Those are the greatest hits. So in terms of food and sit-down restaurants in particular, um, what do you think your favorite sit-down restaurant is? My favorite, and we talked about it, but the Liberty Tree Tavern. That I mean, I've eaten at every single sit-down restaurant at the Magic Kingdom. And while, yes, I really enjoyed Be Our Guest, and I really enjoyed um, Cinderella's Royal Table, in terms of value, you get so much food, as much as you want, including desserts, at the Liberty Tree Tavern. It's relaxed. It's It doesn't feel like overly, like... Disney's being thrown on you. Like, so you kind of can escape them, you know, that magic Bubble. while you eat. Um, but the food's great. The service is good. I love it. I love Liberty Tree Tavern. I, other than the uh, Columbia House, I don't think that's not it. Hmm? No, it's not. Columbia Harbor. House is hard money to for getting 12 CDs <laughs> for a penny. The Harbor. The Harbor Music House. Club. Um, the, other than that, I, I didn't... You're right. You're the Columbia Harbor House. You were oh, right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, I see, I was on the right track. Um, I, I, other than eating there, which they had decent food. I only ate there once. I don't, you know, it's not memorable, but it wasn't bad. I mean, it's so. the place to get seafood in the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. But... Um, I'm more of the quick service and my family's more of the quick service. Let's get in, let's get out and let's get going. So I used to be that way. Now I like a break every so often. Much like Tim, I have no solid recollection of actually going to any of the sit down restaurants in the magic kingdom. Even when I was growing up with my family, we were much more counter service, quick service, finding a shady spot, you know, bench table, you know, garbage can that too. <laughs> Uh, snacking and moving on through the day. I, not that I could say I hate any of them, but I don't have any recollection of actually, you know, eating at any of them. Well, 
we got to plan another trip. And I mean, here's my thing. If you have one day at the Magic Kingdom, do not waste your time and do a sit-down restaurant. Uh, yeah, I would. If you have more agree. than one day, though. I that's hot, an hour out yeah. of your day. If, however, if you do have more than one day, I do strongly recommend taking a break. Because if you have more than one day there, you can slow down and feel like you can take more in. Mm-hmm. So I would, if you have more than one day, I highly recommend doing one of the sit-down restaurants. But then the alternative is the quick service. What's your favorite one of those? Pecos. Pecos Bills. I loved it. I loved the tacos there. They have really good tacos. I don't know why. I got chicken tacos. They were so good. It was almost Chipotle-ish. <laughs> but Chris? Aloha Isle. You know, it's a Dole Whip, but a Dole Whip is a meal to me. That's fine. I was going to say. I will eat it's a, the food, the meal part. I will eat a Dole Whip any time of day for any meal. And I can justify it. Just try me. But yeah, Aloha Isle. <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> for me, it's the Friar's Nook. I mean, most people overlook it because they think, oh, that's the ice cream place. No, it's <clears> next <throat> to the ice cream place in Fantasyland. Creamy bacon mac and cheese tater tots. Need I say more? No. Now How about tar- snacks? Yeah, <laughs> snacks. Well, snacks. Chris, we know what Chris is going to do. He's going to do the Dole Whip. Every time. What about you, Tim? Churro. With the warm chocolate sauce. Yep. Thank you. Now, for me, I do love a good Dole Whip. But I also really like orange sherbet and like an orange swirl so i like the citrus swirl at the sunshine tea ter- sunshine tree terrace which it's basically orange dole whip instead of pineapple mm-hmm. but it has vanilla mixed in to me that's amazing all right so something that people always kind of struggle with the decision of is do we do the park hopper do we park hop and well, we're here to tell you our thoughts on it. So for in terms of park hopping for an additional fee, you can add the ability to hope. <laughs> I should say. hope. <laughs> so well, right now, that's more accurate. Right, yeah, now, right now it is. Yes. <laughs> so but park hopping. So for an additional fee, you can add the ability to hop between the four theme parks. You can go from one theme park to another, one to two, one to three. You can hit all you can, four parks in one day. Yeah, if, you if you're ambitious, you can do all four. Um, the fee is about 65 days for a one-day hopper, 74 for a two-day or 75 for a three, 84 for a four, two, seven-day, so on and so forth. So is it worth it to add that feature to be able to go to multiple parks? Brian? So I go back and forth on it a lot. If you, if this is, if you're going to be there for a long time, like four days or more, I say yes, do it. Because you have flexibility, you have, but you got to plan it right. If you're there for one or two days and you go to Disney often, it's not worth it because you're going to spend more time transporting between parks when you could use that time to enjoy the rides. Now, if it's you're only going to be there once in your life and you want to do the best of Disney, then yes, it's worth doing it. It's just hard because like even right now with the fast pass system, 
you have to still plan the fast passes for that first park you go to. And you have to use all of them there before going. Like, you can't then use them at the next park you mm-hmm. go to. Yeah. So it's a challenge. It does give you flexibility, but you have to plan it right. Like, in my opinion, if you start your day at Animal Kingdom that closes earlier than the other parks, and then you want to park hop to catch out to catch the fireworks at Epcot or dinner at Epcot, then yes, it is worth it. But if you're going to the Magic Kingdom and the Magic Kingdom's open till eight, you know, if you're going to hop just to see the fireworks at Epcot, it might not be worth it. So I agree with part of what you say, and I disagree with part with what you say. I am a strong advocator for always getting the park hopper for the fact that my immediate family are the most indecisive people I I have ever met. (laughs) I could see that. (laughs) And there have been times where we have gone to Disney and planned for going to four days at Disney, but have not planned on what days we're going to go to Disney, what parks we're going to go to Disney (laughs) or what parks we're going to go to on what days. Um, for me, you know, there, there have been times where we walk into the magic kingdom and we walk in and we walk halfway down main street and we're like, no, not going to, no, no, no. It's just, it's insanely crowded. And then we go over to Epcot and nobody's there. So, you know, you're kind of locked in. If you don't have that park hopper, you're locked into that one park. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, on the same side of the token, you get to the Magic Kingdom and it just opens up and it just rains and it's just rain. Well, you can go to another park that has more covered attractions right. and more indoor attractions. You know, yes, everybody's going to go there too, but you know, it, you have that ability and that flexibility to do so. If you're there for one day, I mean, there was a time where I was there and we did all four parks in one day, wrote all the big rides in one day and did kind of like a world tour. It's just but, pricey though. I mean, like, well, I think that's what I it mean, comes with me down also, to. I had the annual pass and that, that comes it's with it yeah. as yeah, that's know, part totally of it. different, but I mean, but you're saying with price, it comes down to that cost benefit analysis, base ticket versus the cost of flexibility. And I think like Tim had said, you have to look at the value to you and the group you're going with. If your group is pretty laid back and they're fine sticking with one park, but then you might not need the park hopper. But if you have a lot of people to make happy, literally on a trip, you might want the park hopper for the flexibility to go from park to park. It's really a case by case situation by situation thing. And you have to make that personal cost benefit analysis. I am pro only because I like the ability to bounce. Like Tim said, I've done four parks in one day on my own. It's possible. I wouldn't advise it, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I went down with my entire family and there was like 15, 16 of us that went down right before we started going. Mm-hmm. And it was like me and my cousin, we, everybody would drive to one park and would go in and get our pictures and all that. And then would bounce and go to animal kingdom to ride Everest. And then, you know, bounce over to Epcot to ride test track and all that. So it was just like, you're able just to, Hey, I want to do this. Okay, let's go. Let's no, I'll, I'll say this though. Right now, no. The yeah, fact yeah. that right now, right now, no. The restriction. First of all, the parks are closing earlier. 
and you can't pop until after two o'clock. Yes. Like, to me, no, that's not worth it at all. Yeah. I mean, the Magic Kingdom, from what I've seen, the Magic Kingdom is the one that stays open the latest, but everything else is closing at like seven. Mm-hmm. So from two to seven, or and earlier. then you're you're going to figure you got about a 45 minute to an hour transition between parks, mm-hmm. walking out, waiting for the bus, getting on the bus, right. going, getting off, getting, getting through security again. But <clears throat> the only, it, the only way right now I would consider it is if you were doing, if you want to do animal kingdom and Epcot in the same day to start your day at the animal kingdom. So I've done the same thing with Hollywood studios. And then so at two o'clock, the then hop to either Epcot or one of the parks that's going to be open later. Uh, to me, Hollywood Studios is a half day park. I, I know it's not right. Now. I know it's the, but when I was there, it's like, okay, so we go in. Not really a huge Star Wars fan. Could really, you know, I, Toy Story. Hell no, because it just opened. No, well, you know, Star so Wars you're you're rolling, you're rolling in, and I'm riding Tower of Terror. I'm riding Rock and Roller Coaster, and I'm bouncing. You know, so every week. We like to pick a coaster and make that our focus of the week. So this week, we're going to head back to Tomorrowland. And we've chose Space Mountain as our coaster of the week. Ah, oh, that star tunnel. Oh, love it. So. So Space Mountain. At Walt Disney World, it opened in 1975. It was designed by Wed Enterprises and Aero Development. It is a steel-enclosed dual-track coaster. Each side, one's called Alpha, one side is called Omega. The Alpha side is 3,196 feet. It is 10 feet longer than Omega. Omega is 3,186 feet. The track goes to a height of 90 feet, which I didn't realize it was that high. But it actually goes 90 feet high. Its maximum drop is 26 feet. It goes a whopping 27 miles per hour. It's a two-minute and 35-second ride through space with lots of curves, helixes, and a few unexpected drops. Uh, they can actually run 30 trains, um, but 13 usually run on each side at one time. It's two cars per train with three guests per car, six guests per train, and the restraints are individual ratcheting lap bars. Um, I like Space Mountain. I think it's cool. Um, it was really the first enclosed in the dark roller coaster so it was a big deal and i i think that it's probably the most popular roller coaster in the world like everyone knows about space mountain mm-hmm. i i would agree definitely the space mountain is a cool ride and you don't realize it but it's built into the ground i think it's like 20 it goes 30 down feet. a little bit yeah not as much as disneyland disneyland's is the one that goes down a lot further and um which is interesting for Florida just because of the water table. But I don't know. They made it work. Well, that's also because they built it Yeah, up. it's the second level. It's that whole yeah. thing. Um, so strike that. Forget that. Disney World is actually built on two two different levels. And you were on level two when you walk in. Because yes, of the Utilidors. The Utilidors underneath. Um, I I like it. I, I don't know what to say, but... Yeah, it's it's an, it's a word we've used a lot. It's another one of those iconic rides. I like one of the facts about it is that it's original to the Magic Kingdom. You People tend to think it's one of those Disneyland rides that nope. came over. 
No, it was so popular that once again, they had to replicate it there. And it's been replicated at pretty much every other Disney park in various forms. Mm -hmm. They're not all identical, but Mm -hmm. the legacy of Space Mountain lives on in every Disney park. Right, right. And the the one thing, I mean, we're going to talk about the coaster term of the week, but the one thing about Space Mountain that I can say, which I wish we would have made the coaster term of the week, is a block zone. Oh, yeah. That ride is just full, and that's well, we, why they can do 30 trains at once. Well, we already talked about brake systems. Because, Remember that whole thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, well, that is they, just full of block zones. Well, they basically pretty much made a coaster out of brakes and block, block zones. That's what it is. Yeah, it was and designed turns. for high capacity, yeah. as many trains. But the thing most people don't realize, it is Walt Disney World's answer to Matterhorn bobsled. Mm-hmm. It's well, they very were, similar. They were originally going to build a duplicate, yep. and they decided no. They didn't quite like that concept, so they well, took and it. the Florida climate. Yeah, they wanted something that could operate in the rain. Mm-hmm. So, which brings us right into the coaster term of the week, which is a helix. Ooh. And there's a lot of helixes on Space that, Mountain. They, yeah, it's basically helixes and block zones. Yeah. So a helix is a shape like a corkscrew or a spiral staircase. Um, on a roller coaster, the track goes clockwise or counterclockwise, and it's either upwards or downwards. So it just kind of spins around itself and goes up or goes down. Um, the track is usually banked so that the speed of the coaster can be fast, and the rider experiences positive Gs. Space Mountain uses many downward helixes to simulate a trip through outer space in the dark. I think there's one upward helix, but the rest of them are all downward. And they might not even be upward. I think they're all downward. I mean, if, if anything, it's going to be at the top. The end. I think the uh, end. I was going to say top. Yeah, it's because they tend to go down around a bank and then you go up the hill where you get that's, that pop that's of air. Thing, yeah. And then you go, that's when they like do the drops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... One of the other things that we always love to do on our podcast is talk about some nostalgia and things of yesteryear. So today we're going to talk about a favorite defunct attraction ride or show from the Magic Kingdom. So, Chris. It's going to harken back to another conversation I had on a previous podcast, uh, Snow White's Scary Adventures. Yep. That was ripped out and replaced with a princess meet and greet. We'll always have a fond place in my memory because... That's the ride that I lost my hat. They closed it down and they found it. And I got the hat back with a massive grease streak right through where the cars had ridden right over it. And it was a great dark ride. And, well, it does sort of live on because some of the scenery and animatronics are used in the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train ride. I still miss a classic dark ride. And the one other thing that I still do miss, which I think most Disney fans do, the Main Street Electrical Parade. There's just something about the opening tones of Barocco Down. Brian, how about you? So for me, I would say the extraterrestrial alien encounter because it was so different. Oh, that ride was terrifying. And it was so dark for Disney. I mean, it was definite. Uh-huh. The one guy got eaten. Like... I, was, I wrote it when I was like eight years old. And I was like, <laughs> it was scary. Yes. I, I loved it because it was a great story it's you know a great way of telling a story and um it's from eisner's dark period but you know again and then the people complained it was too scary that everything at disney should be half like i love the fact that it kind of was a no we can be different 
you know, I think if that attraction would have opened at like Hollywood Studios, it would probably still be around. Yeah. You know, and my other favorite, um, I always loved Spectra Magic, which was the successor of from the Main Street Electrical Parade. Chris is not a fan. He likes the classic Main Street Electrical Parade better. I just, I loved Spectra Magic. I, I just wish they would bring back a nighttime parade. Iridescent giggling aliens? Like, what the hell? It was great. And Tim, you might not be a parade person, but guess what nighttime parades and daytime parades do? They take the people out of the queue lines for the rides. <laughs> so that, And that's why I don't watch them, because that is the time to ride the rides. Mm-hmm. Fireworks, other types of nighttime magical extravaganzas and parades, that's when you ride. What about you? What's your nostalgia from Magic Kingdom? Last week, the overview, I said 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Um, so I'm like, I can't say the same thing twice. No. So I'm going to say the Sky Ride they used to run from Tomorrowland over to Fantasyland. And that's an endangered, that's, we talked about in past podcast episodes, endangered rides. The Sky Buckets and the Sky Rides are now endangered. Um, Six Flags Over Georgia just announced they're getting rid of theirs. Bush Gardens Tampa has one. Bush Cedar Gardens, Point. Bush Gardens Williamsburg. They do, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cedar Point has one. Waldemere has one. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. theirs isn't a transportation system, though. Theirs is just kind of a sky ride. Because there's a difference. Like, the ones that are endangered... Well, Waldemere, ones... you can get off. No, you can't. You turn around and it come back. Oh, I thought oh, that, you get off by Ravine Flyer and you go down. And yeah. Turn around. I thought you can get off. Oh, never but mind. they all, the, um, there's one at Six Flags Great Adventure that I wonder if that one's going to close soon, too. But they, yeah, you're right. They are in danger when they used to be a staple. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, that's something that I miss. And then you can still see the, the, the load station, the tangled bathrooms. Yeah. But again, I think one of the reasons not only you, but a lot of people miss them, you can't replicate the views of the park you would get yeah. from something like that. Well, and Disney ultimately didn't like it because you could see backstage when they cared about that. When they cared about that. Yeah. It's coming back. <laughs> They're bringing it back. It's well, literally, right they through did. The they did. They did. You That's can the see sky- backstage <laughs> of Epcot yeah. from the Skyliner. Yeah, it's so. true. Well, whew. That was a good day at the Magic Kingdom. Yes, it was. Time to get a drink at Disney Springs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, we'll get off the monorail at the. We're Polynesia going to the wave. Again. No, we're no, we're going to the wave, and we're <laughs> gonna get some chicken wings, and we're gonna have drinks at the wave. <laughs> like a temporary. And then, if there's still time, then we'll go back to the Poly. Yeah, okay. for the Tiki Lounge. Yes, and then we'll go back to the hotel and Sleep. get more drinks and sit in the hot tub. And then go and pass Well, out. next week's Epcot. And get up for Epcot. <laughs> Drinking around the world. Yes. So definitely, if you like this episode, stay tuned for Epcot. Um, send us any feedback. Um, ask us any questions that we can incorporate into our Epcot, Animal Kingdom, or Hollywood Studios episodes coming up. Um, and we didn't mention it at the top of the show, but uh, you can follow us on our website, zerogadventures.com. Facebook slash Zero G Adventures. We're on the Twitter, the Twitter at Zero G Adventures, and then Instagram at Zero underscore G underscore Adventures. Um, so 
And summer's coming up. It's getting warmer. It's a great time to get what? New t-shirts. We do have a merch shop on the website. We have men's t-shirts. We have women's t-shirts. We have tank tops. And for you folks that like to stay warm, we got some sexy hoodies. You can get them. Uh, yeah, the link is right on our website. So help us out, support us, help us keep doing what we love to do. So we're missing the parade. We gotta get going. Yep. So with that, we bid you a fond farewell. And next time we will see you at Epcot. Right on.